1: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This
0: is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. We are so happy to be here today. It's Leanne and Julie, and we are... Are in the same closet in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> Julie. I had no idea your closet is uh, as small and compact as mine. It's a it's a closet, Lee, yes. and I've been
1: telling you that I've, that's when I'm in here doing the show in my closet in Dallas, Texas. Yes,
0: it's not a joke, people. I'm in, and she actually, I at least sit on a chair when I do the show, Julie.
1: Liam, no behind the scenes, no behind the scenes. It's the mystery, the secret of Satellite Sisters. How we actually do this
0: every week. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Here we are both in Dallas, Texas today for our Tuesday show. We're technically recording on Monday. I think we can reveal that. Um, I am in town for a couple of book events and I'm headed off to New Orleans and Baton Rouge tomorrow. So Julie and I are squeezing the show in and very happy to do so. Julie always happy to come to Dallas. You threw me a lovely party last night. Leon, I am happy to have you. Yes,
1: well, I'm so proud of you. And I and of course, if you have not read Elizabeth the First Wife, you need to rush out. You need to order it immediately. It's great. And you know what a great opportunity to like host your sister with her book. And Leon has fans here in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, the people are always asking about my sister, not about me, which. Um, I'm a little bit jealous. A little bit bit jealous.
0: There are, this is, I've been like round three coming back. I'm very popular here. Yes,
1: yes. So, um, but I, you know, we did want to celebrate it. And this was even better because this time, uh, uh, if you came to the book party and you bought, uh, purchased a book, a portion of the proceeds is going to go to a charity that I work with called Educational First Steps. And this is an organization in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And what they do is they, um, they work with daycare centers in lower, lower income neighborhoods, and they don't build daycare centers, they just make them better. Um, so they take centers where kids previously had been sitting around you know, watching TV for 10 hours a day, and they turn them into very enriched educational environments They bring these centers from really just warehousing babies and toddlers and preschoolers to fully accredited educational institution.
0: I was really impressed by the mission of of that organization because I work with a place that I thought was similar in Pasadena, but that is an actual center where they bring in moms and kids at the same time and the kids get preschool and the moms get education. And I liked that idea and I thought this was similar, but I was shocked. It's a fantastic idea. All those home-based daycare centers, they go in, they train the caregivers, and in two to three years, they're fully state certified. Yes. Yeah. a a fantastic organization so it worked out that it was a fundraiser for EFS yeah so it was a good day it was beautiful
1: weather lovely in
0: my backyard
1: we had some nice little appetizers top
0: top notch food and drink there were goodie bags and uh just a good time was had by all it was really really nice and then Julie went to bed at like eight o'clock which for me was like six o'clock central (laughs) time I was just not that tired I mean, I was tired, but I wasn't that tired. At 8 o'clock, I'm like, it's really only 6 o'clock. But it was really fun. So. It was a big day. We had a lot yes. to do, Lee, and we, we were up early. I could tell. The house looked beautiful. We the get- backyard looked beautiful. Your husband worked hard. Right. He actually sold the books, which I appreciated.
1: And it was there were two uh, two points during the party that I worried about. One, I worried about acoustics because we were outside. But fortunately, Leanne had brought the $29.95 uh, karaoke machine <laughs> yes. that, um, that the Satellite Sisters on the West Coast have used for other personal appearances. <laughs>
0: That's our whole sound system that Liz purchased in, tw- in 2010. So, uh, yeah, it's really a karaoke machine. But if you pause the song, it also can be used as just a voice amplifier.
1: Yes, yeah, so she said, "Well, you're going to hear a little bit of old McDonald had a farm before you start talking." That had me a little worried, Leanne. But uh, but uh, fortunately that worked. And then the other thing, just the logistics in my backyard, I have a small spa pool and you are going to be speaking on the lip of the
0: pool and i
1: i did worry i did worry that somebody or something was going to fall into the pool but we didn't have any instances. no no
0: so i i yeah i know i clean that yeah was good that no was, it was really fun and you know i've done a couple of these events now where like i show up but it's actually a fundraiser for somebody else I, this is the kind of fundraising I enjoy because I, <laughs> I just show up and do my thing yes. and then people have written checks like the other night I did one um, in Pasadena where people paid $25 a head but all the money went to the neonatal intensive care unit at the hospital Yes, and so I didn't have to send out the invitation or go to any meetings I don't have to do any follow up or reports I show up and somebody else gets money I'm on board with right. that.
1: I have a lot of work to do, to do after you leave one. I know. Me. <laughs> I know. I, I've got goodie bags <laughs> I've got books, I've got money, I've got accounts. Uh, so, no wonder I went to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah, tonight. I'm sorry. Okay? Okay. okay, I take
0: it all back. But I do want to remind people we are going to be in Dallas tonight, uh, Monday night, for Monday night football. No, Julie and I are going to uh, the library bar at the Warwick Hotel for a Satellite Sisters meetup. If you are in the Dallas area and would like to just swing by, it's a no host bar, <laughs> no yes. host anything. So, right. get your own everything and show up, and we'll chat.
1: That will be good. Well, Leanne, the other reason that I was a little bit tired, because I have just returned to Satellite Sister podcast listeners know, I had just gone to my 40th high school reunion. I, I, you know, I had not been back to my high school. I went to a small Catholic girl's school in Connecticut. And uh, I just saw this as my, this is, this where I had a shot. There was a chance that I could go. I had frequent flyer points. So I just made it happen. You know, Leanne? Yes, yeah, I mean, I good. just- I was. I've always been either had little kids or no money, or we live far away and could never be able to do it. And I'm so glad that I that I went. Um, but I would say the other part of it that was that made it. You know, so to see my classmates, you know, that I haven't seen in 40 years, some of them was just. You know, it was great. It was warm. It was fun. It was funny. It was so well organized. Um, one of the girls who organized the event um again we, we i graduated from high school in the 70s she brought um like a video this was like the first video ever made i think in the early 70s of our high school graduation and so we watched the video this shaky video it was excellent but what made the night super special was that it was a catholic girls school um it's called the convent of the sacred heart and it was run by the nuns, and two of the nuns that we had had uh, uh, as teachers and as administrators when we were there came to our dinners. So that is so
0: nice. And first was, of all, I, I can't believe they're still alive. Yeah, I, I have to say that I was shocked when I heard that.
1: Well, one of Sister Sheehan, um is was is the same age as our mom and knew our mother, and that was that was a very special moment to talk to her about my mom. Um, and then, but Sister Magnetti, um, who went on to become the head, head mistress of the school, but when we were there, she was a very young nun. Uh, she had just, you know, started teaching. Oh, now, of okay. course, of course. To us, she, you know, we were in high school, so she seemed really old, you know. But she wasn't. She was like, li- you know, literally in her twenties, and she told some interesting stories about being a young nun in the 70s, when there was so much change going on in the church. This was right after Vatican II. And this order of nun was very modern. They decided to stop wearing the, their habits. Um, it, you know, what, you know, I think the first year we were in school and Sister Magnetti was saying she, that wasn't that much of an adjustment for her because she was in her 20s. She was used to wearing you know, street clothes. But she said for many of the other women in the order, older women, who had been wearing nun, you know, a nun's habit for 40 years, the transition to wearing street clothes, like even how to pick out clothes. <laughs> and a lot of them came to Sister Magnetti for kind of fashion advice. Oh, you know? that's funny. You know, which was really, you know, again, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have been able to perceive that at the time as a high school student. But it was such... It was such a wonderful story. She also told the story about how she was called in to Sister Superior, had called her in. She's the youngest in the order and said, Sister Magnetti, you have to teach um, the class on Christian family. And this was this was the sex ed class. Oh, at the, at the the Catholic school. And poor Sister Magnetti was saying, she was like, oh boy, you know, she was like, what am I going to do? Like, uh, she really didn't want to teach it. She tried to get out of it. But, you know, this was, this was the directive. She had to teach the uh, course on Christian families. So she reached out to one of the fathers at, um, of a student at the school who was an OBGYN. Oh, good thinking. And that was, she thought that, that she was going to have him come in and talk to us about, you know, about those issues. Yeah. Uh, um, and that all seemed to be a good idea. But because he was an OBGYN, he was constantly like missing class because he had to deliver a baby or something. Uh. So sister Magnetti was getting a lot of messages on the message board that I guess were, um, that others in the order could see. And it would be like, sister Magnetti, your OBGYN called again, <laughs> sister Magnetti, your OB, you know, so, cause he was calling to make different arrangements and, uh, and so Sister Superior had to talk to Sister <laughs> Magna, just, could you please not ha- have some kind of other message left so it doesn't look like you have an OBGYN. But anyway, it was, uh, it was just a lot of tender moments like that, very, you know, just warm and insightful and well worth the trip. And uh, even if I had to go to bed at eight o'clock after the book party, Liam.
0: Once again, I think we've proven on Satellite Sisters, always good idea to go to your reunions. Always a good idea. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, um, we're going to talk about, uh, we have the top brands in America. Julie has her Tuesday Trends, and one of them is very applicable to our sister Liz, so stay tuned for the Satellite Sisters. All right, we're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. Uh we got rid of the echo chamber here in the closet. So thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> but we think this audio should sound better. This is a first. I'm teaching Julie how to work in GarageBand. And um, they've just updated the program. So I'm not 100% foolproof either, people. OK, we're doing our best here. Uh, all right, Julie, they just, uh, IntraBand is this big ad agency and marketing firm. And they just announced the top 10 brands for uh, uh, worldwide brands, global okay. brands. Um, I think I I don't need to say, but I will. Satellite Sisters is not amongst those brands or the top 50. So I don't know what Liz does all day long.
1: (laughs) Shoot, Leanne. I
0: know. I mean, that's her job. Really? We can't do it all. Can we, Joel? No, No. All right. So here are the top brands. I'll give you the top 10 and then some surprising ones. A lot of them are tech brands. And some of them are brands, frankly, I thought were dead. So I'm shocked that they made the top 10. All right. Apple takes over as the number one brand. They beat out Coke this year. So globally, Apple is valued as the most iconic brand and, like, worth the most at $93 billion. This,
1: that's, that's a little – that's surprising to me. You yeah. Know, it's a real people, change. People drink a lot of Coke around They the world, do. And you, you
0: know? know what? Coke is delicious.
1: Yes. And, well, it's also cheaper <laughs> yeah. than an iPhone. Yeah Right, if you're in Bangladesh, you might be able to afford a Coca-Cola. You're probably not going to be able to uh, afford an iPhone.
0: And it's delicious. (laughs) I mean, I I was sick this week with a head cold, and I had to do a million speaking gigs. So Tuesday night at like 5 o'clock, I had a real Coke, Julie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I only have like two a year, real Cokes. Oh, my gosh, so good. All right, well, sorry, Coke, you're number three. In between Apple and Coke is the Google.
1: All right that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, Google I Google does thinks they shouldn't be. I, Google does like health insurance now. I don't really understand that, but I saw that come across the crawl the other day. They
1: must be mad that they were beat out by Apple. Aha.
0: Okay. All right. The race is on between the tech companies. Uh, in the fourth position, IBM, which I didn't know existed anymore. What? <laughs> Leon? it's like the major business
1: to business <laughs> computing company. They make both hardware, software, consulting worldwide, Leanne, worldwide.
0: I need to get in the know more. I need, I need IBM in my life. Microsoft follows IBM. Uh, GE, General Electric. Okay. All right. And then McDonald's coming in. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number seven, right. McDonald's. Uh, this one kind of surprised me, but I know all things are about cell phones now. It's all we talk about. So Samsung, number eight.
1: All right. And that's the first non-American company on the brand list, Liam.
0: And then next is Intel. Which, okay. again, I know Intel is, is inside, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's, I don't know what it's inside. And it, it doesn't taste good. And yeah. You can't wear it or eat it. I don't, I don't really understand. Like, oh, yeah, Intel. Do people love it? I don't know. Um, all right. And then Toyota. Oh, yeah, okay. no, I know, I know you're Toyota people, so there yes. you go. Okay. making the top ten Toyota inching in. a couple of other uh you know popular brands, Mercedes is number eleven. that sort of surprised me.
1: Well, again, worldwide it's a luxury brand but, that people aspire
0: to even but is they're... it bigger than Disney? Because it is oh, bigger than Disney. That's wow. what I mean like I like yes, as a car brand, it's fine, but Disney was behind Mercedes at number 14. Number seventeen, hold hold on to your roller bag, Louis Vuitton.
1: Yes, that get, makes sense again because everyone in the world wants one of those pocketbooks. But so. more
0: than Nike at twenty four? Like I don't get this. So I don't I don't understand. But uh, who
1: made up this list? I don't
0: know. Interbrand, and then Sony was way down at forty six. I love the Sony brand. And I love Sony products, but I realize I probably don't have any anymore. You they? should read
1: up on Sony, Leon. As you're trying to inform yourself about IBM and Intel, you might want to read up on Sony because
0: they've had some rough days. Have they? Yes. They yes. just made that great Triniton TV. Like I know, was a good-looking TV. But that, how many years ago was that, Leanne? That was thirty years ago, okay, Joel. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. You
1: got to stay with. You got to stay current. That's All a Good right. thing you brought this to us. Okay.
0: So there you go. Top ten brands. Top ten brands.
1: Well, you know, I. You Interesting, you mentioned Apple because uh, one of the big stories when I was uh, making my journey to my high school reunion was, of course, Martha Stewart. It was a Martha Stewart story. I don't know if you (laughs) caught this, but apparently Martha Stewart has an iPad. Yes. And um, uh, that's you need to know that. And number two, that her favorite form of communication now is Twitter. Oh. Did you know that? Well,
0: I do follow her on Twitter, and her Twitter feed is outrageous. Yes. It's outrageous, and it's pretension. Like, she is so disconnected from the real world. So. I, this,
1: you know, this when you, when you struggle to either create one of Martha Stewart's recipes or crafts or whatever, you should keep this in mind, because apparently Martha Stewart dropped her iPad... And so she immediately went to her favorite form of communication. And she just she wrote in her in her Twitter um, Twitter feed, I just dropped my iPod pad on the ground and shattered two glass corners. What to do? What to do? Does one call Apple to come and pick it up?
0: I mean, I know
1: Leah. Leon. I Leah's like falling over here in the closet. Yes. One, well, Martha just assumes there's like an Apple repairman that comes to your door. Martha, Martha, Martha. Huh. But uh, she, uh, and apparently she did not get the kind of response that she wanted. I, again, because not only it was, she's Martha Stewart and she's sending out a tweet that she, um, that something is wrong with her iPad. And obviously Apple should be immediately jumping into this situation because then later that day, she wrote, still waiting for Apple Red <laughs> to pick up iPad. All right, right now, really, come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, you, this, she is in a different world. So, and then later in the day, guess what she wrote again? Cannot believe Apple PR mm-hmm. is mad at me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, well, wasn't the whole thing, too, like, that she claimed Steve Jobs himself yes. had given her the yes, iPad? Yes, that, like, that was. So it was better than other iPads, more worthy and deserving exactly. of their
1: attention? Exactly. And mm-hmm. I was just going to say that that was, she felt like maybe she was, should be in a different category, the platinum out oh, Apple goodness. users, you know, just mm-hmm. friends of Steve Jobs or, or something. But again, uh, so, but by the end of the day, she sent out a tweet. She sort of backed down a little, a little. And, you know, again, being Martha, she decided that she was going to uh, seek out the tools and fix it herself. Oh, know? okay. Like, you know that. You know that.
0: But, yes, because, or she was just going to throw it away and go buy a new one, is what I'm going to have her assistant go buy a new one. Yeah, I would like to see her at the Genius Bar, navigating her way through an Apple store there. Or
1: standing in line. Do you think Martha
0: Stewart stands in line? Did you make an appointment, Ms. Stewart? <laughs> oh, well, that's funny, Julie. That makes me laugh. Well, okay, you know what? Speaking of sort of office related items, I mentioned a couple months ago. That my husband's company, which is a large real estate company, was moving to the office of the future. Moving to the office of the future, Linda. That's what they were billing it as, and it's at their headquarters in downtown Los Angeles, and. Um, my husband was one of the uh, people on the forefront of this office of the future move. Because he's a worker of the future, Leon. I mean, he's very
1: forward thinking. He is. Does he, uh, now, which is really not true because he is one of the last men alive to ever get a cell phone, yes. a Blackberry. Yes. Uh, uh,
0: he mainly have... got it because he didn't want people bugging him, not because he doesn't believe in technology. But you're right, Julie. I mean, you know, call a spade a spade. He does, he is still searching for that denim shirt he had in the 90s from Gap. Every time we go past the store, he's like, I'm going to go see if they have another one of those. I was like, that shirt from 20 years ago? Why would they? <laughs> Why can't you just move on in your styling? But on the, one, on the other hand, like, he has embraced new ideas in business. And because he 's a real estate he 's in the real estate business, it would seem like a natural that his company would create sort of an office space that they could bring their clients to and go, "See this is what your office space could be like and What was interesting was about the project in particular was they 're not a creative business like they 're button down business where, like many of you may be listening right now in your cubicle farm, uh, they had very traditional space. They had the offices, everyone closed the doors, the assistants or the, the new hires were in the cubicle farms with no natural light. You know, those fuzzy walled things. What are those dividers? Ooh, what are they made of except germ receptors? <laughs> you know, his office building was like dismal to go into. And uh, he used to complain, well, I don't know, for the 30 years he's worked there, about a lack of communication, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of things that now office planners are kind of looking to solve by design. So it was sort of interesting to hear about this process. And, um, and the whole idea of this Office of the Future uh, was that um, it would increase not only communication between all, across all levels of employee, across different groups of employees, but it would also increase wellness. Their office is actually the first certified wellness building. What does, uh, them,
1: what does that even mean? Well,
0: I'm glad you asked because I have I have the standards here. Let me bring them up. In the closet, there's not much room, so I'm. We don't have any natural lighting in here. There's, but well, we don't have any cubicles, do we, Leanne? No. We've broken
1: down all the barriers. We have excellent communication. We have closeness.
0: I, I don't. I think everyone should work in a closet. Okay, <laughs> and we have cocktail dresses, which is good. I just I just got my computer caught on a cocktail dress. But what's interesting about this idea is actually um, being supported by the Clinton Global Initiative. It's because people spend a lot of time at the office. And like we're seeing a a decrease in health, even though we have all these options. So what could the workplace be doing to make the employees better. They have that LEED certified building for the environment. Right. And so this is the Clinton Global Initiative. It's to certify for the inside of the building. That's a good idea. It's really a good idea. So particularly if you work in a traditional workplace or you're into wellness, I just want to pass this along. So what is a well standard? Julie, air. Okay. So they want you to have clean, recirculated air in your office building. We've all heard about sick building syndrome. And I know people that really swear by it. So, you know, uh, a friend of mine who worked in Washington, D.C. at the Treasury, um, he said, like, everyone in Washington is so sick all the time because those buildings are so old and so moldy and just have been, you know, they're handsome to look at from the outside, but they don't function on the inside. thought that was interesting. Okay, so you, you have to have clean air. You have to have water. They have a prerequisite number of drinking stations throughout the office so that everyone has access to water all during the day. Okay, then you're going to need some restrooms. You're going to need some restrooms. Yes, Is that next on the yes. list. Yes, well, the, actually, next on the list is nourishment. So they do provide healthy snacks, not the crappy food that you usually get out of the machine. Now, in your in your husband's new office, does this
1: mean they are not going to have leftover birthday cake in the kitchen? And there's not going they to be are any... not
0: they are not going to have that stuff. You can bring your own lunch, but they sort of clean out things every day. They're encouraging healthy snacks. So they can't force people not to bring in the birthday cake. But they also have available, um, you know, almonds, uh, nutritional bars, fruit snacks. They have a coffee station and a juice station. And people, the whole idea is not only do you go get it, you have to walk to it. So you're doing a lot more walking. You're doing a lot more walking during the day at my husband's office building. Okay, light. Seriously, I walked into this place. I have to say, the new office is beautiful. It just opened this week. There is natural light at every single workstation. Okay, that
1: makes, that makes a huge a difference.
0: huge difference. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think anytime, you know anyone can relate to that, depending on if you've been in dark, dingy offices or And they were, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah.
0: well, and I, we all have been, and mm-hmm. just it's not just the executives that get fused. It's everybody across the board I'll tell you about the workstations in a second but natural light, but then they also have the lights in the office go up and down based on circadian rhythms. So like when it means the, if it's a cold, dark day, your lighting is a little bit brighter in your office and it's really quite stunning. I have to say, and then fitness, uh, part of it is it's intelligent design. So they place like the snacks and the water and the coffee. So in different places, so people are walking more. And then they also have a fitness room, which I doubt anyone will ever use other than to like go lie down. But, um, you know, it's there. There's a small fitness room and a meditation room right on the, and a nap room right on the floor. And then comfort, you know, they want it to be comfortable with uh, with their noise level and then minds. So these are all the, clo- the well building things. So they're trying to reduce chronic stress. So, well,
1: but how are they going to measure that? I mean, that that all of those things you you couldn't be against any of those, right? Like you know, no, of course you are for clean air and water and healthy snacks. You can't be against those, right? But how are they? How are like I hardcore know. businesses? How are they going to measure? whether or not if they put any of these things in, it's going to impact their bottom line?
0: I think it's productivity because here's, here's what the office actually looks like. Like when Barrick was describing it, I thought it was going to be um, – you know, all shiny and bright and steel. Like I, you know, I thought of it as like office in space, you know, sci-fi office, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you actually walk in, it's like a hard, dark, hardwood, natural floor. They used a lot of natural tones. Uh, A lot of the cabinetry is dark wood. So it feels new and bright and light, but it doesn't feel space aged, I guess is what I'm saying. And here's the key. Everything is paperless. Everything Nobody has a regular desk or workstation. Not one person. There are 282 people working in that office and they have less than 200 permanent workstations because they did all this study and they figured out, particularly in real estate or it said the, some of the people are brokers, they're not in the office every day. People so you can't
1: in, bring your little tchotchkes into no, the office? No, no more picture, tchotchkes. No more pictures nope. of your kids nope. or your dog? Nope. Oh, no. Leon, but uh, no, more, no more little You know what?
0: I think if you saw the office, you wouldn't miss that because in the years leading up to this, and literally my husband had to start working on digitizing everything in his department 2 years ago. They have gone to a completely paperless situ- situation and uh they actually purged all their paper. Everybody gets one drawer at the new office space or a locker. You have a locker or a drawer Where you can put your stuff can you
1: decorate your locker
0: you can if you want to julie but i am telling you you walk in and you can just move around if you need a real office for the day you sign up you get a real office for the day they have workstations where you can just stand and do your work and plug in with your computer but you're standing sort of at a long big table with like 10 other people they have the treadmill. Sounds horrible. You know what? Well, it doesn't. I just, uh... I've opened your mind because it's not horrible. No, like, no, no. I all was right. shocked because their other space was horrible. Okay. That... Like, think if it's one thing to be the executive with the three window office, it's another thing to be like the assistant that works long hours in a crappy cubicle all day long. There is no hierarchy. The executives do not have any permanent office either. Everybody is moving around and interacting. If you want privacy for the day, you can find workspaces tucked away. But if you want to like sit in what they call the heart of the office, just on couches and plug in and have your coffee and your nuts, you can do that too. You could like sit on a couch and work all day long.
1: Okay, well, I want to check back on this because yeah. I'm very skeptical about this. Number one, we have been trying to achieve the paperless office for 30 years now. And if your husband's company is the first to do it, well, hats off to them. They, they deserve some very special uh, but uh, award. But I suspect that little post-it notes are going to be creeping their way back mm-hmm. into the company. Secondly, I would be very interested to find out six months from now what the behavior of the workers in the office are. Do they go to the same spot every day to plug in and sort of sort of de facto create their own territory, even though they're supposed to be able to go wherever? Yeah. You know, and, and how about confidential information? Uh, how are those conversations taking place? Have you, do, you ha- do they have enough secure locations? They for- do. Okay. They have, okay. I mean,
0: you know, this is a big real estate company with actually a lot of confidential information. So all I can tell you is like his employees were so cranky for the weeks. You know, they had a lot of anxiety uh-huh. moving into this office space. And it's been one week and like the crankiest guy in the office said to him on day four, you know, I really like this. You know, it's, these are guys that have not left their office for 30 years. All right. You know, right. Barrick said, already people are dressing better. Because if you walk into an office space and you shut your door and you don't have to interact with anybody, yeah, you, you don't care what you wear. He said, all of a sudden, I see people are really interacting and they're dressing better. And, uh, and one thing about confidential information, he said, this is the best system ever. They have a, um, every employee, when you send stuff to the printer, for instance, every employee has a code. You can send 10 documents to the printer. It won't print until you run your card. So you're standing there as your confidential documents come out. Oh, okay. There's no more hitting print, running, and hoping people don't see con- Confidential stuff. So they've really, they have thought everything through and they've done it with this company who specializes in these well offices, again, through the Clinton Global Initiative. So I I will be happy to report back because I have to say, I walked in this weekend, I finally got the tour It finally opened. I was like, I would love to work in an environment like this. Particularly because it's not a creative business. It's about you you, business. You don't want to
1: work in the closet, no. Leanne.
0: Well, you, you know who he said that I want to give a shout-out? You know who he said who loves it? The millennials. Oh, he yeah. He said they were totally on board. They were happy to go. They absolutely love it. And it's uh, it's just a, it's really, it was really fun to see. So well, there you go. I'm very interested in organizational behavior. I know. And I, I really would uh, be very
1: interested to find out how this works out. What are some of the unintended consequences of this new arrangement? And where are people going to put pictures of their dog? That's what I want to know. On Lou.
0: their computer. They can do it on the slideshow. It's you know. just
1: not the same as having a little tchotchke by your desk, lamp
0: to cheer you up. Okay, all right, but I, I don't or know. a little I... poster that says, yeah, hang on
1: there. You know, you know, I don't
0: know. When you see the 360 views of the Hollywood sign and everything, you and Catalina, you have a different view. You have a different view of what you need to look at during the day. Okay, so you have some trends, Julia. Yes, it's
1: Tuesday, and I have some trends. Okay, the first one that I want to mention is I read this in the Wall Street Journal, and I just uh, I want to put it out there to see if this is something that you think the man in your life will be interested in. This is made-to-measure blue jeans. Bespoke blue jeans. Okay, did you, this is, this is so you can go to, there are multiple brands now that will do this, and you can go into sort of, one place is called 3 by one or Levi's, uh, lot number one, and you can pick out the kind of denim material you like, whether you want it stonewashed or the dark um dark wash you can pick out like for Levi's if you like something that they had on their pants in the 1950s <laughs> you can have that and combine it with uh, um with a leg from the 1970s you can you can create your own special pair of blue jeans obviously made to measure so they so you have to go in for several fittings for your blue jeans. Oh, okay. So it's no, no longer do you just buy the pair of blue jeans that doesn't fit, take them home, wash them, and um, put them in the dryer and hope that they do fit. This is, this is for, I'm not really sure who buys these pants, but the first one, bespoke, the bespoke jeans by three by one, they cost $1,200. Oh my God. $1,200 for blue jeans. Uh, would you, who, who's wearing those rock stars? I guess so. There's another place called Jean shop, same kind of things. They tend to specialize in athletes and uh, various people like that, but their blue jeans run from $320 to $620 for a pair of blue jeans.
0: Well, as Liz told us Saturday on the show, I know you were at your reunion, but she said personalization is the future of branding. Like, your brand wants to do whatever they can to get you in exactly what you want. I had an experience with cranberry juice. <laughs> 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 You'll have to listen to the show. But she said Ocean Spray would like to br- blend a juice just for you, Lian. That's what they're trying to do. So, I don't know. I know my husband would uh, easily pay... A, a, Almost any amount of money to get that denim shirt from the nineteen nineties back. He wants it.
1: Well, so he may, perhaps he should check into. Uh, I, I don't know that Gap is uh, is doing is providing that, but uh, maybe he would want to check into that. the uh, The only thing I thought, well, so many of these uh, tech companies, or where if you have a relaxed dress code at your company, or you know, or if you're a rock star or, or an athlete, perhaps you really. I don't know, you want to look extra special in your blue jeans, and uh, you don't wear suits, uh, so you're never going to spend that kind of money on a suit. Uh, It does seem incredibly excessive to me to spend $1,200 on a pair of blue jeans, but uh, uh, I might pay more if I could find a pair of blue jeans that fit me both at the hips and the waist, but... um, uh, but this is this is a trend,
0: Lyane. So okay. I
1: don't know if it's going to catch on. You can even get real gold buttons on your blue jeans,
0: if, okay. if well, that—that's that's for rap rap stars. If
1: that's what you want. Now the other trend, and this part of uh, the last of your Saturday um, podcast, I did I did catch wind of, is that Liz was going to what she uh, entitled was the worst. Business meeting of her life, the upcoming meeting. And why was it going to be so bad?
0: Because it was in Munich during Oktoberfest, and the company was requesting that they all get in Oktoberfest costumes to go to the opening night party. So Liz was going to be fitted for a dirndl skirt, like a St. Pauli girl outfit. Uh, well, and the lo- men would be in later, lederhosen. All right. Well, this is just just
1: incredible, Leon, because lo and behold, New York Times, which we, as you know, uh, spots a lot of trends, both true and false. Um, they are saying big headlines. Dirndl skirts make a comeback in Brevaria. They are coming back. They're in Liz. Liz is always on the cutting edge. I mean, who would have thought not, not usually a fashion, though? But but who would have thought, dirndl skirts. One week she's at the Google's ice thing, or whatever that thing was called. And the next week she's in a dirndl skirt. And both of them, they're on the cutting edge. But according to the New York Times, the sale of dirndl skirts is up 750%, Leanne. They are flying out of these stores. What, okay. what do they attribute that to? 16,000 dirndl skirts have been sold in this past year. They, you know what they attributed to? Again, it's the millennials that are buying the dirndl skirts. Okay, did you get that, Liz?
0: <laughs> well, that was her fear. I said, "Won't everyone at the meeting be thirty years younger than you?" And she said, "Yes, they'll be in later, Hosen, but they'll be younger." Okay. I,
1: so, but they—they they, again, the New York Times attributes it to the reflection of the confidence of the new generation of Germans that perhaps you know, post World War II. A lot of Germans weren't so much into traditional garb because of the (laughs) linkage to the Nazis. But now, again, because of the confidence that within the 20 to 40 year old age group, the traditional dress is all of a sudden, sudden back in favor. And again, these are all can be custom made, Leon, that you can spend a lot of money on a dirndl skirt. But the good news is, Leanne, you don't have to. Oh, good. You don't have to. So if you want to get on Liz's bandwagon, that would be the dirndl skirt band uh, uh, skirt bandwagon. That you can pick one up for in the sixty to ninety dollars range. So. Well,
0: I hope Liz brings some back for all the sisters. Because uh, uh. you know what, Julie. As we suspected, she looks pretty good in it. She texted us a photo this morning. What I love is that her head was not included in the photo. So you cannot tell it's Liz Dolan, except what? I got the text from Liz Dolan. And you know what? It's a very flattering look. It is the full St. Pauli girl with the low-cut, you know, white sleeves. And I,
1: I thought I thought it was a very flattering look. And Liz can Liz.
0: really pull it off. She, yeah. uh, she may go derndl, full dirndl all the time. We are German. Yes. Half-German. So I just
1: love it that she did not send her head because yes. that way, if this now that this picture is out there, uh, that it, she she can um, she has total she deniability can... for this. Right? It was
0: perfect. Yes. It was perfect.
1: Okay, well I would have to say my two trends for Tuesday. I don't believe that either of these are really <laughs> going to catch on like wildflowers. I, I mean I just don't think that made to measure blue jeans is really you know I I just I just don't see it, and the dirndl skirt. You're going to have to drink an awful lot of beer to really think that that's a good look. It looks good on,
0: like, five-year-old girls. I mean, come on. Come on. Heidi. Heidi. All right. Um, Oh, you know, Julie, we should update because certainly the kale trend has been going on a while. And Liz mentioned she found micro kale and you i wasn't on the podcast but i listened and you just spat out basically how much you hate kale you're sick of it i think is what you said it's
1: taking over the grocery store they're like (laughs) mountains of kale in there when you go in it's like all kale all the time i mean i mean it's it's you know it used to be like a bush i mean we never ate it i mean why do we why do we have to eat so much kale? <laughs> yeah.
0: Because it's nature's scrub brush, Julie. It's good for us. And it's good for, uh, it's good for all of us. Let's just say that. So I posted this week on the Facebook page that there was a petition going around to have, like, National Kale Day declared or something. I knew you wouldn't sign it, but here's what happened. We have dozens and dozens of comments from the kale lovers of the Satellite Sisterhood. And I am telling you, there are some very good Uh, kale recipes posted there uh we had uh, lynn from minnesota was saying she's overrun with kale in her garden and the good news is someone said it keeps forever (laughs) (laughs) but there's a couple of really good recipes so unlike julie who's not a kale lover if you are a kale lover please join the satellite sisters facebook open group the open group and the, you'll see some links to some great kale recipes i am going to make that garlicky potato kale salad recipe because that looked really good that someone posted and we my husband and i eat kale salad like five nights a week okay. we're we're totally we're I totally
1: out i don't believe in the paper paperless office and i don't believe that kale <laughs> is our future i don't
0: okay <laughs> All right. wow see See what's wrong with the boomers? (laughs) Millennials, I'm with you. This is what's wrong with them. Not us, not the Xers. We're on board. Office of the Future, eating kale. I want to get some custom-made blue jeans, and I'm going to start wearing a journal skirt. <laughs> All right, Joel. Uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, well, I'm going to Baton Rouge in New Orleans. What are you doing for the rest of the week? Anything? Uh, I'm going to be selling your books for the rest <laughs> of the week. I have a lot of paperwork
1: after this book party. Yes, and I- I'm going to go back to bed. I'm exhausted.
0: But now, before we go to the Satellite Sisters meetup tonight, so we're excited to meet whoever comes or who doesn't come. We're fine. We're <laughs> fine.
1: We're fine with that. We're spending some time in my closet. Yeah. I, 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 think I, I think I got Leanne into a very cute little leather jacket, right? <laughs> yes. that, that. It was
0: worth coming. <laughs> <laughs> worth coming to Dallas just for that leather jacket that I'll be taking home with me. So, uh, yeah, whew, feels like we have doing a lot of shows lately. Gramping <laughs> up production is quite a responsibility. But we're happy that you're happy. Uh, thanks for the positive words. We really do appreciate it. A lot of nice emails and posts this week so we do appreciate it it is our sister sheila's birthday she neither listens to the podcast nor goes to the (laughs) facebook page so do with that information what you will i did drop off a birthday present she was very happy to have
1: that's good and i got my my card in early so just by again if the earth moves or something you happen to be listening sheila happy birthday
0: happy birthday sheila all right don't forget call your satellite sister